Did your friend offer you a pick-me-up pill? If you take medication that didn't come from a pharmacy, it's important to test it for fentanyl. Fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. Pick up a test strip at your local pharmacy today and protect yourself from hidden fentanyl. Today's podcast is a little different. Uh, It's not about a specific form of holistic health therapy or anything like that, but more about just keeping yourself healthy if you are a caregiver. Um, I relate a little bit about my own experience as a caregiver, and we talk about things that can help you to maintain your sanity and your personal health as a caregiver. So many people now in America are caregivers of adults, and believe me, there is a need for support. Stay tuned, and I hope you'll find something that could help you, if not now, perhaps in the future. Hello and welcome to the Full Spectrum Holistic Health Podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, what it is, various holistic and alternative health therapies, and how those may help you to be a healthier and happier person. Thanks for choosing to listen today. I know there are many podcasts out there for you to choose from, and I'm glad you are here. I'm the host for the podcast, Dr. Anthony Burton. I'm a Reiki master, EFT therapist, meditation teacher, and a shamanic practitioner. My goal is to help people be healthier in body, mind, and spirit, and that's why I'm here. A large part of what I do is educational in nature because so many people are unaware of the power and efficacy of various holistic and alternative therapies. In these podcasts, we'll hear stuff that will inform you, enlighten you, and help energize and balance you. Of course, it won't always be only my opinions and ideas because occasionally I will be interviewing knowledgeable and interesting guests from a variety of areas of holistic and complementary health practices. So kick back and relax, open your mind, and listen. Spectrum Holistic is a complementary health and wellness business located in Northwest Georgia, USA. Check out the website at wwwspectrum holistic.com for more information. You know, it's kind of funny. Ironic funny, not ha-ha-ha funny. I also write a bi-weekly column on holistic health for a local newspaper. And when I wrote the one for the upcoming edition, the one that's in this weekend, I was inspired to write on self-care for caregivers. Now, My wife and I are the caregivers for my elderly father. He's 85. He lives in an ADU, or an accessory dwelling unit, next to our home. Now, we could have brought him into our home. We invited him to come into our home because we do have a guest room with its own bath. But he wanted some independence. So we fixed up uh, an accessory dwelling unit beside the house. And it's very nice. It has all the appliances, has air conditioning, heating, Uh, two big screen TVs (laughs) so he has a good place to live and this has worked out pretty well up until a couple of months ago recently he started having hallucinations he's seeing people in his home crowding in around him once he opened his closet door and saw he said 25 or so people in there gambling And he closed the door very quickly and quietly 
because he didn't want to be seen watching them. He has a couple of times started to get into the shower and when he opened the bathroom door there was this woman, hallucination, in his shower already. Now the first time it happened I kind of joked with him. I said, well, was she naked? Was she pretty? He said, no, she had her clothes on. I said, oh. He has seen children standing on his kitchen counter climbing into the sink. He's had a couple of times where a child has climbed into his bed and he climbed out of the bed because he was afraid of being accused of being a pedophile. Of course, the child was imaginary. Intellectually, he seems to understand, but it still bothers him. And I can guess I can understand this. He says he's going crazy, he's going to have a nervous breakdown. My wife and I both have tried to reason with him about it, you know, and he'll say, yes, I understand they're just hallucinations, but how can I get them out of my house? Not logical. He at one time asked me about what club or organization it was, and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I want to get out of this club. I said, what club? He said, this club that's got all these people coming into my, my house. He also said at one or two points, I'm just going to walk away so I can get away from all these people in my house and let somebody pick me up and I'll sleep in the back seat of their car. Now, we thought at the time that this was all hyperbole. Lately, all this stuff that's been happening with him has made it where we cannot get anything done, or much done anyway, because of this. Any project that required sustained focus or effort got interrupted. This past Monday night capped things off. So, wife and I went over, got Dad settled, tucked into bed, had his Holy Bible CD playing because he likes to hear that at night as he goes to sleep. Fifteen minutes later, I hear our driveway alarm go off. Now, we have, we live in a rural property. We have a really long driveway. And we like to know when people are coming up the driveway because sometimes people are coming up there, hunters and things, and we don't want them to be there, uh, you know, and we want to know what's going on. So we have this driveway alarm. So I heard it go off, and I thought, well, maybe it's a deer. There's a nine-something at night. There shouldn't be anybody coming to visit. So I go down there with a flashlight, and I'm looking. Now, it's almost, it's kind of twilight, so I didn't really need the flashlight, but I thought I would use it to shine down into the bush, see if I could see a deer or other animal. No deer. So I turn around, and I head back to the house, and I look at my dad's place, and his door is standing wide open and his lights are on. I said, oh, crap. He got up, opened his door, and mosquitoes are going to get in there, and they'll bite him, and he'll be itching. So I go over there to his place, look inside, yell, Dad. No, Dad. Lights are on in the living area. His bedroom is dark, covers are thrown back, but he's not there. Oh, boy, that's not a good thing. Now, like I said, we live... Out in the country, have a long, long, steep driveway. It has steep sides. We have a lot of wooded acreage around us. We back up on a uh, part of it. the property backs up onto a county park that's got a lot of acreage, and we have a lot of other acreage behind us that's owned by a forestry company. So 
there are a lot of places he could go. He could wander off. So we hunted for him all over the property. Uh, we looked in the orchard. We looked in the garden. We looked up and down the driveway. We were shining flashlight down into the brush, calling his name, and we were going crazy because we didn't know where he'd gone. He's elderly, and he's not stable on his feet. I mean, he has trouble walking across the gravel parking area between his ADU and our house. He stumbles, and we always walk back and forth with him if we know he's going so that we can, you know, hold on to his arm, make sure he doesn't fall. So finally, after about 30 minutes of doing this, we are in desperation. I call 911. They arrived about 20 minutes later, a couple of fire trucks, the EMS ambulance, sheriff's deputies. The fireman asked if, you know, hey, does your dad have a cell phone or anything that we could track? Well, he doesn't. We've tried three or four different cell phones with him. They didn't really work well because his vision is so terrible. He's legally blind. Forgot to mention that. He's legally blind, and he has what are called intentional tremors, which means when he tries to put his finger on something, it wobbles back and forth. And, you know, if you've got a cell phone, the buttons are usually small, or if it's a smartphone, it's on the screen, and your finger is wobbly, it's just not going to do well. So he doesn't have that. Those cell phones don't work for him. Now, thankfully, we have ring cameras. Uh, now, but he had just been tucked in, you know, just 10 minutes before. So I was in the shower, and the cell phone was in the other room, so I didn't hear the alert. I checked the camera record on my cell phone then, and I saw him leaving his place no more than 10 minutes after he'd been tucked in and, you know, put to bed and, you know, had his, his uh, Bible playing. He was wearing a plaid bathrobe, carrying a cane, carrying a flashlight. So, gave that information to the emergency responders. Now, someone on a rural road near us reported seeing an old man wearing a bathrobe, carrying a cane and a flashlight. He was walking down the middle of the road, flashing his light at people to get them to stop. Well, most people wouldn't stop. I mean, I don't know. What would you do? But someone did stop and took him to a nearby house, and the sheriff's deputies arrived soon after that. Now, he had told some of the people who spoke with him that he was looking for his dog. He has no dog. Anyway, we got him home, got him settled in. The next day, I made an appointment, an urgent type appointment with his doctor to talk to him about it. We got some meds to help with the oxygen flow to his brain. These are some of the issues that he has. He has hallucinations. He has anxiety. He has short-term memory loss. He gets disoriented very easily. He gets turned around even in his small place. He gets dehydrated because he just doesn't drink enough water. And he's lonely. I mean, he's 85 years old. He had seven siblings, but all but one have passed on. He was not the oldest. And most of his friends are passed on as well. He has what he calls asthma, but it really isn't asthma. What he has are anxiety attacks that tighten his chest up where he feels like he can't breathe. But when we check his, his O2 level, his O2 sat, because we have a pulse oximeter, 
it's usually higher than mine, 98, 99%, even 100% one time. Okay, so why am I talking about all this? It sounds like I'm whining, but I'm not. As his caregiver, my wife and I are 10 times more distracted than we were before. We can't get our normal tasks done. I mean, we have a garden, we have an orchard, we have uh, all this land we have to take care of. My self-care and my wife's self-care have gone way downhill. I'm dealing with hypertension. I've had high blood pressure for probably maybe 20 years. My self-care for my hypertension, my high blood pressure, is daily self-reiki and daily meditation. And these things have really helped me to manage my high blood pressure. But because my father now requires our attention, you know, maybe eight, ten times a day, usually for 15 minutes or more each time, and plus we give him his vitamins and his meds in the morning, get him set up with breakfast, we go over and monitor his showering so he doesn't fall, hurt himself. Uh, we prepare and serve his lunch. Uh, go over and settle him in for the night. This takes usually 30 to 40 minutes. All these things take time out of the day. It has been a real hassle to try to find time to sit and center myself, to do self-reiki, to meditate, to get enough sleep because, well, you know, the other night when we were looking for him, we were up till quite a long time in the night. To eat regular healthy meals and to do the normal things that I need to do, plus, you know, take care of all his needs. Yeah, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I do not resent my father. Both my wife and I love him dearly. He is a really, he's a good man, but his brain is deteriorating. And his body is not doing well either. But like I said, as a practical matter, my self-care has gone down the toilet for the last couple of months. Well, you know, I just told you, that my possibility, the, the time for my self-care is faded away. What's happening as a result, though, my blood pressure is higher than it was before all this. Sometimes it's markedly higher. My appetite has decreased, not to the point where I lose a lot of weight, but because I just, you know, I'm so tense worrying about him. And I'm having trouble sleeping at night. But this week, I have decided, you know, I can't, I can't do this. I have to make some changes. That doesn't mean I abandon my father. It means that I carve out time for myself. I carve out time for self-reiki. I carve out time for honest-to-goodness meditation. I make sure that I'm proactive about de-stressing myself. All caregivers must take care of themselves. You must. You know, it's kind of ironic that so soon after I wrote the article that comes out, well, it came out in today's paper, I was looking in the mirror, and that old saying, physician, heal thyself, really came home. So when I wrote that article, I researched this topic. Now, according to a study by the National Alliance for Caregiving and the American Association of Retired Persons, the AARP, almost one in five adult Americans are now 
unpaid caregivers. Now, we're not talking about stay-at-home parents now. Uh, I'm talking about people who care for adults. Now, that's probably close to 40 million adult caregivers. Now, the same study found out that caregivers themselves are in worse health than they were five years ago because of all the stresses on them. In addition, 24% of those who caregivers care for more than one person. And I can just imagine, I don't know if I can imagine, how bad it would be, how tough it would be to be a caregiver for two or three people who are in the same condition as my dad. When I did the research, this is what the Mayo Clinic had to say about caregiver stress. Quote, too much stress, especially over a long time, can harm your health. As a caregiver, you're more likely to experience symptoms of depression or anxiety. In addition, you may not get enough sleep or physical activity or eat a balanced diet, which increases your risk of medical problems such as heart disease and diabetes, unquote. Now, I have to say, a lot of that hit home for me. For instance, depression. It is depressing to see my dad go downhill and lose himself because of dementia. I mean, he was a vital, intelligent guy who liked to joke and play tricks on people, and he's very loving, and he's still loving, but he's confused. Anxiety. I worry about what he might do when our back is turned. And quite frankly, well, I worry that I may get the same way when I'm his age. And that's a scary thought. I'm not getting enough sleep. Boy, that is a big problem. As far as physical activity goes, yeah, I walk back and forth between his place and mine, but who has time to really do any kind of regular exercise or physical activity? I mean, we don't even have time to mow the lawn. So, now these are all bad things, but what can caregivers do? Well, first of all, in spite of the fact that it may damage your pride, accept help. Make a list of things that others could do for you and have it ready to call to mind in case someone asks. Don't hesitate to say, hey, yeah, if you could go to town and grab this for me, if you could uh, run this stuff to the post office for me, if you could come over and watch dad or mom or whoever for an hour so that I can go do this errand that I need to do, that would be so helpful. And sometimes... People don't think about offering. So you have to ask, hey, you know, I know you're busy, but do you think you could come over and do this for me? It's really tough sometimes. Another thing you can do is to focus on what you're doing right. Nobody's perfect, and that includes caregivers. You have to accept that sometimes you might make a mistake, uh, forget, make some kind of slip, and you have to forgive yourself. No good comes from beating yourself up about mistakes. Another thing to do is to set realistic goals and expectations. You have to realize you can't do everything. And if you have some big task that's in front of you, we'll break it down into smaller tasks, smaller goals, and you know, bite-sized things instead of having to set a whole meal at one time. Prioritize what has to be done as opposed to what would be nice to get done. 
look after your own health. Now, all of this is really part of that, but I wanted to mention it specifically. That includes seeing your own doctor regularly, going to the dentist, setting health and fitness goals for yourself. You got to remember, there's this old saying that I love, and it says, you cannot pour from an empty cup. If you empty yourself completely, ultimately, you will have nothing to give. If you get sick, you can't do as much for anyone else. Get enough sleep. I can't emphasize that enough. Lack of enough sleep, good quality sleep, can cause things you really don't want. Weight gain, increased blood pressure, especially in those who already have hypertension, increased chance of hypertension, in fact, can lead to mood disorders and depression and even increase the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Eat healthy. I know, believe me, I know, it is tempting to just grab a handful of chips or a couple of cookies or in the South, a little Debbie cake and a soda, you know, and say, okay, that's that, that little do me, that's enough calories. Well, yeah, it's calories, but it's not good calories. I know this is true, but even if you feel you don't have time to prepare a great healthy meal, you can at least buy healthy snacks to grab on the fly. Fruit, grain bars, a handful of nuts is a fantastic protein source. Almonds, walnuts, pecans, peanuts even. Now, all these kind of things are available. Even healthy chips, if you look in the right place in the grocery store. Join a support group. You know, even if you can't find a local caregiver support group, and I'll be honest, I looked here in my own local area, and I couldn't find a single caregiver support group. But if you do a search on the Internet, you know, you can find a, a support group online. Now, you may not have time, even, even if there is one locally, to drive to it or to set aside time to get away from home, you know, because it's never just, you know, the time for the meeting that's always getting ready and then going to it the meeting and then coming back and that all takes time but you can find an online support group uh, I just did a quick search on Facebook and I saw over 30 different caregiver support groups listed just on Facebook if you are a caregiver as my wife and I are let me tell you you must take care of yourself if you have ever flown in an airplane well you know that when the flight attendants come on with their little safety briefing at the beginning of the flight, uh, they talk about the oxygen mask. And what they say is with that oxygen mask ever drops down in front of you and you're flying with a child or someone who's disabled, you put your own oxygen mask on first. Then you put the oxygen mask on the child or the disabled person because you have to take care of yourself first in order to be able to take care of the other person. If you don't, you will fail not only yourself, but also the one you're caring for. You can and must make some time for yourself to recharge your batteries, to relax, to take a deep breath and refill your own cup. I would like to add that our local sheriff's department was extremely helpful and they also gave me some information I didn't know about, which was Project Lifesaver. Now, Project Lifesaver provides these wristbands for people who are at risk of wandering off or getting lost. Uh, it could be someone with a, a mental or emotional handicap. It could be an older person you know, who has uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, whatever. 
they provide this. And our local the sheriff's department provided it at no charge. And uh, they can use that to track the person. They don't, they're not easily removed. And they're waterproof, so the person can shower with them, go swimming with them, whatever. I want to encourage you to contact your local police department or sheriff's department. They also may be participants in this program. If you want to learn more about Project Lifesavers in general, I'm going to put a link to their website, along with some other resources, in the description for this episode. If you are a caregiver, check them out for helpful information. And remember, keep that cup full for your own sake and for the benefit of the person you are caring for. Thanks for being here and listening to the podcast today. I trust it has been interesting, informative, and thought-provoking. If you did find it interesting, please be sure and return for another episode and tell your friends about it, too. I'd love it if you did that. It really helps me out. You can share directly from most podcast platforms. It would be really great if you followed or subscribed to the podcast, too. Most podcast platforms have one option or the other. If you want to tell me that you like the show or that you hate it, that you agree with me or disagree with me or anything else, really, I still want to hear from you. Leave a voice message if your particular podcast platform allows that or send me a message through my website at www.spectrum-holistic.com. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep an open mind. Namaste. Are you one of the 1.5 million Georgians without health insurance? Visit georgiaaccess.gov to connect with the resources to find affordable private and public health care options. You may be eligible for financial assistance programs, including Medicaid and Peach Care for Kids. Even healthy people need coverage. An unexpected medical emergency can hurt you and your wallet. Open enrollment for health insurance plans ends January 15th, so don't wait. Visit georgiaaccess.gov today.